Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Ferguson, and welcome to the Compliance Insider Podcast, brought to you by Compliance Systems. The Compliance Insider brings you discussions about industry developments that impact your financial institution, with expert guests and analysis to help you navigate change and evolve your business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Compliance Insider Podcast. In this episode, we'll discuss the CFPB's recent interest in buy now, pay later, and how financial institutions can compete with these products. Today, we'll be speaking over the phone with Caitlin Walleen, a compliance manager with the CUNA Mutual Group who manages our loan lighter consumer lending documents. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So I want to start by establishing what buy now, pay later is. What is a buy now, pay later product? Well, buy now, pay later refers to a short-term, no-interest credit product that is most commonly offered at the point of sale when making an online purchase. Okay. So how does buy now, pay later work? The most common version of buy now, pay later is when a consumer goes to make an online purchase and in the checkout, there's an option to pay for the purchase in multiple payments, with the most common number of payments being four. So the consumer provides some information, including their debit card or credit card number. And that first payment is deducted from their checking account or charged to their credit card right away. And then those remaining payments are made either weekly, biweekly, or monthly. Okay, so this is a form of financing. It sounds like consumers don't need to complete an application like they would for a traditional extension of credit. Right. There's no application and no credit check. It's designed to be simple and easy for the consumer. And that's just one of the reasons why consumers like Buy Now, Pay Later. So what else do consumers like about it? Well, one recent survey found that 45% of respondents use Buy Now, Pay Later because they can make purchases that don't otherwise fit in their budget, and 37% of respondents wanted to avoid paying credit card interest. And others said that they use Buy Now, Pay Later because they feel like their personal data is safer. For these reasons, Buy Now, Pay Later popularity is growing. And of course, the COVID-19 pandemic gave it an extra push as consumers looked more to online shopping. Some estimate that by the end of 2022, about one in five people will have used a buy now, pay later product. And if we look back and compare that to 2018, we just had one in 165 people who used it. Um, So do you think that that growth is going to slow down anytime soon? Probably. The biggest thing that can slow the growth of buy now, pay later products would be regulation. And it does look like that's coming. In December of 2021, the CFPB issued orders to five major providers of buy now, pay later products to collect information. And the CFPB has three main concerns. First, there's concern about consumers accumulating debt to an unmanageable amount. It isn't inconceivable that a consumer can have multiple purchases on multiple schedules with multiple companies. The CFPB recognizes this and is concerned about NSF fees when consumers lose track of payments. The second concern of the CFPB is regulatory arbitrage and the fact that some buy now, pay later companies may not be adequately evaluating what consumer protection laws apply to their products. And third, the CFPB is concerned about data harvesting due to buy now, pay later companies' access to payment histories of their customers. Some buy now, pay later companies have created these closed loop shopping apps and they partner with merchants to push specific brands and products. Eventually, they will need to find other sources of revenue to maintain growth and profitability for those. So the CFPB is concerned about consumer data and the risks for consumers when their data is monetized. 
But just because growth will likely slow, it doesn't mean buy now, pay later products are going anywhere anytime soon. Right. So it sounds like regulations are coming, uh, but has there been any sort of litigation involving buy now, pay later products? Yeah, definitely. Specifically, there's been litigation surrounding the NSF fees that consumers are assessed with their buy now, pay later product when their payment is deducted from their checking account. In one class action lawsuit filed in Connecticut, a consumer was assessed an overdraft fee by their financial institution when Klarna, a buy now, pay later provider, attempted to make a deduction from their checking account. And the next day, Klarna attempted to deduct a payment for a different purchase and the consumer received another overdraft fee. Klarna didn't communicate the risk of overdraft or really any other types of fees when you fall behind on payments. In fact, it marketed its products as free and with no interest. And Klarna didn't refrain from deducting the second payment that resulted in another overdraft fee. The complaint states that Klarna is aware of the risks and fees associated with falling behind on payments, but purposefully omits them from marketing materials. It also asserts that the company specifically targets those consumers who are already struggling to make ends meet. And the plaintiff is alleging that because of the overdraft fees, the product was not actually free as marketed, and it asserts that the company engaged in fraud and violated state law prohibiting unfair and deceptive acts. And class action lawsuits were filed in New York against a firm and in California against PayPal, and they make similar allegations. So have those suits been decided? Not yet. In the case against Klarna, the company made a motion to compel arbitration, but the court rejected it. And there hasn't been any movement beyond that, really. And in the case against a firm, a firm also moved to compel arbitration, and the court did grant that motion, so the matter has stayed pending arbitration. The case against PayPal hasn't had any movement yet, but the similar allegations in these cases make it pretty clear that these types of class action lawsuits against buy now, pay later providers will continue to be replicated. And if one of these plaintiffs is successful at trial or in getting a settlement, I think we'll continue to see even more cases like these. So what can a financial institution do to keep up? Well, I think that financial institutions should first consider who's using buy now, pay later products when they're trying to determine what they can do to compete. It's pretty well established that Gen Z and millennials make up a majority of buy now, pay later users. So users between the ages of 19 and 34. This makes sense because buy now, pay later is a tech-friendly product and financial institutions really should consider that when they're deciding what products and services to offer their customers and members. Financial institutions can also offer a buy now, pay later product to their customers and members as a feature on credit card accounts. And by doing this, many of those concerns the CFPB has about buy now, pay later programs are avoided. Think about it. So the CFPB has concerns about accumulating debt because they're worried about a consumer's ability to track multiple payments for multiple buy now, pay later purchases. But on a credit card account, you wouldn't have this issue because it would still be one monthly payment regardless of how many buy now, pay later purchases there are on the account. And the buy now, pay later transactions are done against an existing credit limit that has already been underwritten and the financial institution has already determined that the consumer is able to pay. And the CFPB is also concerned about regulatory arbitrage. But if an institution is offering a buy now, pay later feature on an existing credit card account, they're already determining what laws and regulations apply, and they're disclosing and developing process of procedure that comply with those laws and regulations. And finally, the CFPB is concerned about consumers' data being monetized. 
Well, a financial institution offering a buy now, pay later feature on a credit card account isn't collecting any additional data that wouldn't already be collected for the credit card account. So making a buy now, pay later feature of a credit card account would really preempt those CFPB concerns that we had talked about. And another benefit to offering buy now, pay later features on credit card accounts is that late payments will appropriately be reported to credit reporting agencies. So anyone pulling that consumer's credit report will get an accurate picture of the consumer's ability to pay and of their credit history. Okay, what might that look like on a credit card account then? Well, typically, if a consumer makes a qualifying purchase, they're given the option to break that purchase into multiple equal installments that are due monthly along with the regular minimum payment due on the credit card account. No additional credit limit is provided because the outstanding amount of the purchase is borrowed against the existing limit. Often, a lower APR will be offered on buy now, pay later transactions, and generally the consumer can choose from several different rates with several different corresponding payment terms. So assuming we had a credit card account with a buy now, pay later feature, what would you consider a qualifying purchase? Well, what constitutes a qualifying purchase will vary depending on the financial institution. It can really be defined in any way they want. For example, a financial institution might determine that a qualifying purchase is any purchase more than $50. Some might limit the number of purchases that may be converted to a buy now, pay later transaction at any one time. And some won't permit purchases to be converted to buy now, pay later transactions if the consumer has had a recent late payment. Obviously, all of these restrictions around what is and what isn't a qualifying purchase should be disclosed to the consumer. So what else should be disclosed in this credit card scenario for buy now, pay later? Well, because this is a credit card account, any APRs or fees associated with the buy now, pay later feature should be disclosed on the application and solicitation disclosure and the account opening disclosure in accordance with sections 1026.60 and 1026.6 of Regulation Z. Is there anything else you'd recommend that financial institutions keep in mind here? Yeah, just that they are well positioned to offer buy now, pay later type products to consumers while complying with the regulations that are already in place. But they should also keep an eye on the litigation and potential regulations impacting these types of products. Great. Well, thank you, Caitlin, for breaking down some of the big pieces of Buy Now, Pay Later. This is a really interesting topic that we need to keep watching. Thanks, Amy. We'll be keeping a close eye on the litigation and other developments as they happen. You've been listening to The Compliance Insider, a podcast about industry developments impacting financial institutions. Thank you for choosing this episode. Please follow Compliance Systems on LinkedIn and Twitter for more news.